Adam Crowley. Come with me, and you'll see. It's a world filled with all the meat that you want. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. No Brian LaMartina sitting across from me today. He is the quarterback of the Steelers radio network, so he was up till about 4 in the morning, I'm guessing, and then he probably went to bed for 45 minutes, got up, touched himself, drank some coffee, took a poo, and then came back in. So don't worry about him. He'll be back tomorrow. Shirtless Tom is behind the glass. Even though Brian's not here, you can still check him out on Twitter at FBomber73, and you can always find Tom at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. There's so much to get to as it relates to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first three games. You can start to assign trends, I think, the more you get into a season, the deeper you get into the season. The variety of opponents gives you a different look at your team, game planning against that variety of different opponents. One of the things that is alarming at this point is... The lack of success for Chris Boswell. One out of four on field goals. He is nine out of 11 on extra points. That means he has missed five times. That is a million times in three games. Doesn't it feel like that? When you miss five times in three games, what the hell are you doing out there, man? What the hell's going on? What, you Steve Blass? You got the yips? I feel terrible for him. He's out there on an island. He's out there alone. Boing. Boing. Dong. Off the pipe. Off the post. No good. Not good enough. And that creates a lot of stress on head coach Mike Tomlin. Whether you should go for it if it's fourth down on the 30-yard line. Whether it's fourth down on the 35. Do you move back and punt it? What do you do? Do you kick the field goal? Do you trust the guy? Tomlin says yes. He did today at his weekly press conference. Yes, I will trust him. He's a good player. Yada, yada, yada. Let him kick through it. And I think that's the right approach. It's not like he's shanking it left and right. He's hitting it off the pipe. He's hitting it off the post. He's going to get better. But it is a big issue. And an under-discussed issue around the Twitter sphere and all over Steelers Nation. Although I say that, and Lance Williams tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley, and I don't know why people do this. They always tell you to enjoy something that you don't want. It was the first thing I discussed on my podcast today. Check it out. Enjoy. No, I'm not going to listen to your podcast. No, I will not enjoy. I didn't ask for something to enjoy. I don't want to enjoy it. I'm not going to enjoy it. Get the hell out of here. It's like when you walk through Trader Joe's and they've got beef that's not actually beef. It's somehow organic, yet they call it beef, and you know you're going to make you have diarrhea and go all ape crap on your digestive tract, and they go, hey, try this. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's like I go to like a nice restaurant, a nice steak place. You know, I get a 
big ass steak, some potatoes on the side, and then the waitress comes out and she goes, "Hey, to start you off, we brought you a nice salad. Enjoy." It's like, no, I don't want your salad. I'm here for meat and potatoes and man stuff. Get that out of my face. Get out of here. Did I come here for a friggin' salad? No. Did I come to Trader Joe's for your fake beef beef? No. Did I go on Twitter today so I can listen to your dumbass podcast? Hell no. I will not be enjoying it. No. No one will. So eat me. Enjoy. Yesterday, Tom was doing his best Crowley impression. While we were getting ready for the Steelers to kick off their exciting game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you kind of just busted it out there, didn't you? With the, uh, get the hell out of here. Is that really what I sound like? Yeah, you kind of just. What are you talking about? Get out of here. Come on. Enough. People at home don't even know which one is you and which one's me talking. Wow, you really think it's that? I think it's that good. Wow. I mean, get the hell out of here. It's a hell of an Artie Burn. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Thomas does. He doesn't tell me to enjoy anything. He does ask a question. You might have discussed it already. See, that's polite. But Hayden is the Steelers' most important D player. Can't have him playing special teams to get hurt again. I agree with that. You keep that some bitch off the field unless you absolutely need him to be on the field. Only have him out there in defensive snaps. Could not agree more. But I don't think he's the most important defensive player. I think that's Stefan too, and I think that's Cam Hayward. I think what happens up front is... Hugely important. Because if one of those guys missing, they're going to get gashed in the run and they're going to get gashed through the air. Because they ain't going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. I wrote a piece in the Pittsburgh City paper saying that Stefan Tuitt, because he went to Notre Dame, is actually football Jesus. Sent to this planet, sent to Pittsburgh to resurrect the Steelers' defense. So check it out. PittsburghCityPaper.com And also you're wrong about Joe Hayden. But he is incredibly important. Uh, we saw the difference between him being there and not being there, and it was 15 points. Gave up 42 at home to a Kansas City team, and you come back on the road against Tampa Bay, who's slanging the ball all over the place with Fitzmagic, and you give up 27, which, with this offense, you should be able to win when you give up 27. Uh, that's how good the offense can be. Moving on now to what I think is the biggest topic of conversation in the National Football League world, and that is these roughing the passer calls. What the hell's the league going to do? I mean, get out of here with that. Wow, Tom, that was great. I know, right? It's uncanny. It sounded just like me. You're even shocked at how close that was. And people usually say, oh, that doesn't really sound like me. Come on, you guys are crazy when they hear their own impression. But you're stunned at how close it is. Yeah, Tom, do me again. Get out of here! How was that? Wow, that was amazing. It's getting better each day, too. I'm going to keep working on it. Yesterday, my opinion totally changed on the roughing the passer calls. I had previously stated on this show, on ESPN Pittsburgh, 106.3 FM in Allegheny County, and worldwide on 104.7 HD2, that I root for quarterbacks. I go to games to see the quarterback first and foremost. I ain't watching a Packers game if Rodgers gets hurt. I ain't watching my God a Lions game if Stafford gets hurt. I ain't watching a 49ers game if Garoppolo gets hurt, and he did. 
And because of that, I was okay with the league calling a bunch of penalties. I was okay with the league protecting the quarterback with the roughing the passer rule. Then I watched last night's game. And one thing, and one thing more than anything else, changed my viewpoint on it. They had Gerald McCoy mic'd up. Gerald McCoy sacked Ben Roethlisberger, and as he sacked him, he apologized to him. It's before his helmet makes contact with his sternum, and he's apologizing for it. That ain't football. That was the play of the game, globally speaking, as Mike Tomlin would say. We spent the entire first hour ripping into the Steelers for what they haven't done and what they need to do. Well, the league showcased a bad product on Monday Night Football. Mike Tomlin said he feels bad for the fans, I'm paraphrasing, because there was so much laundry on the field, so many flags that it's just not entertaining. Well, a lot of that was on the Steelers, but a lot of that was also on the league. And not so much on the referees, because they're just doing what they're told to do. Call the new point of emphasis. Call the gravity rule, as I call it. Gravity pulls you down towards Earth at 9.8 meters per second squared. I learned that in mathematics class. Physics class. I was bright. Mrs. Kennedy was kind of hot, so I paid attention. And I wonder how in the sweet world... Can football Jesus step on to it? Not land on a quarterback when he tackles him. How can he not put his full weight into him? It doesn't make any sense. If Cam Hayward is pulling him to the ground, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if Stephon Tewitt is pulling him to the ground, and he's also falling down because, hey, it's tough to run that fast when you're that big, how are you supposed to not Land on him when you wrap him up. That's the part I don't like. If you want to be protective of the quarterback anytime somebody brushes his knees, anytime you go lower than the Johnson on the QB, if you want to call that, fine. Anytime you go above the nips on the QB, you want to call that, I can get behind that too. But what I can't get behind is throwing a flag every time a defensive lineman lands on the quarterback. It doesn't. Makes sense. You have to stop it. You can't hit him in the head. You can't get him low. Now you can't land on him. And what has this created? It's created a National Football League where quarterbacks are becoming soccer players. Quarterbacks, tough guys like Ben, are diving. And you know what? I would too. But it's not a good look. This isn't soccer. Here are a couple of plays that I think showcased the problem now for the National Football League. Drew Brees scored a rushing touchdown because the defenders didn't know how to tackle him. He broke two tackles on one play at the same time because defenders didn't know, is he sliding, is he not sliding, is he giving himself up, is he going to lower his head, so now I'm going to bring my head into his head. They didn't know what to do. So Drew Brees, the least elusive quarterback in the history of the world, scores a rushing touchdown because defenders don't know how to tackle him. We also saw a Miami Dolphin injure himself, tear his East ACL for the season, trying to avoid hurting Derek Carr. It seemed like after every play last night, there was a flag. Too many roughing the passer calls. And it takes away from the enjoyment of the game significantly. I was pro-protecting quarterbacks. This has taken it way too far. And you know what? Ben Roethlisberger agrees. Here's what he said yesterday. 
Quote, there's a lot of flags. I don't want to criticize the officiating, especially when you're talking about a penalty that helps the quarterback out. I was surprised at the first one. The second one I thought was legit. He hit me in the helmet. It was kind of like hearing that loud ring when your helmet gets hit. There sure are a lot of them. I can't imagine the fans at home are enjoying it too much, and they're not. And it's twofold, really, right? It's A, it F's your team in the A. I mean, that's a big D in the B. It sucks. When you get a third down stop, your quarterback, the other team, gets drilled, and you think, oh, what a physical play. Yeah, get off the field. Put that ball back to me, bitch. And just kidding, there's a flag. So you don't like it because it hurts your team, but I think you also don't like it because it stops the play all the time. I don't care who wins or loses most NFL games, but I'm not watching as much as I used to watch because it's a taxing watch. It's not easy to pallet. It doesn't make me want to watch the game more. It makes me want to watch the game less. I have to for my job. But last night's Steelers game, while it was back and forth and it was high scoring and it hit the over and you got great players making great plays, it also was just sloppy and gross. Too many flags and far too many roughing the passer penalties. Let's go to Jay next up on the Crowley Show. Hey, man. Yeah, apologies for what we give to our 80-year-old pitchers in our Penn Hills Softball League, we accidentally, well, usually accidentally hit the ball up the middle and maybe hit them in the knee. They don't use it in the Penn Hills Girls League. What? Is this another one of those situations like yesterday where someone's listening to the other to another show and, and calling into our show? He did say Adam, didn't he? Yes. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Well, they don't do it in the girls' league. That's what we got you out of what? that. They do not do that in the they girls' league. They absolutely don't. They don't tolerate that. In that no, league. they don't. No. Never again in no. the girls' league. Never. No. No. They don't play that in this league. That's men's stuff. I think this is worse than the catch rule. I really do. Do you think it's worse than the catch rule? 412-922-2874. And what are your thoughts when you're watching last night's game? The Steelers won. Was it enjoyable for you? Let me know. 412-922-2874. The reason I think it's worse than the catch rule is because the essence of football is blocking and tackling. You can't tackle the quarterback anymore. You don't typically hear people say the essence of football is throwing and catching. Every play, as far as the defense is concerned, should be ending in a tackle. The quarterback touches the ball on every play and is subject to hit on every play. This will happen more often than the catch rule. This will come up more often, affect more games, affect the speed of the game, the tempo of the game, more than the catch rule, which only happened a couple of times over the course of a season on huge plays. Now, I know that the NFLPA... And the competition committee, they're going to look at this, right? And they're going to determine whether or not they need to scale it back. I doubt that they will, because owners need to protect their investments, right? So as much as people think that this is going to self-correct and get better, I don't think that it is. And I know that we just saw it with the lowering in the helmet penalty. They pulled it back, right? 
The lowering of the helmet penalty no longer is called as frequently as it was during the preseason. I don't think we're going to see it here because lowering of the helmet affects every player on the field. This specifically affects the quarterbacks, and those are the players that the owners care absolutely most about. 412-922-2874. We'll get to our couple of calls when we come back. Bob and Wheeling first up when we return. Coming up next, in addition to the calls, the Steelers' lack of discipline is the worst that it's been under Tomlin. How to fix it? Tell you how. Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Hey, I'd like to place an order for pickup, please. What's that, sir? Can I place an order for pickup, please? Everything's done at the window, sir. At the window? Yes, sir. It's fast food service. That's funny. I thought the flyer's window closed. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Steelers win last night for the first time in 2018. Good for them. They needed that. Had they lost, they moved to 0-2-1. Winless for the first three games. You have Baltimore coming to town with an opportunity for things to spiral even further. Huge win. Necessary win. Question for you, though, at 412-922-2874. Do you feel better about the team after that victory? Do you feel like this team is destined to do good things and... Maybe to even simplify it even more, do you feel like the offense is good enough to keep picking up the defense? 412-922-2874. We have been discussing the league's new emphasis at calling roughing the passer calls. Bob from Wheeling joins us now to discuss that. Hey, Bob. Good afternoon, Adam. Uh, I think I could solve the uh, the controversy for roughing the, the quarterback. I think they ought to look at it just like they do a, a touchdown. Before they, they say for sure it's a touchdown, let the powers to be look at it and say, ah, that's a little ticky-tacky, or yes, he should have pulled up. What do you think of that? It's not bad. problem is how long does it take, right? How well, long I mean, is the review process? I, mean, you can, I think you can rush to jump. It's, it's not like looking at an angle. Did he touch the plate or did the puck cross the goal line? I think you can get a pretty good idea pretty quickly. You know, did he try to pull up or did he try? Did he go too far? And can I make a comment about your show real quick, please? Sure. I listen every day, Adam, and I really enjoy it. And uh, my work allows me to listen a couple hours a day. But I listened to you say last week about how you were disgusted with the Steelers. And I listened to you this week say about, you know, you're losing it as far as football is concerned. If you don't want to do it, then don't. But appreciate what you got because it might not be there very long. Take care. Hey, appreciate the call, Bob. And I, I love what I do. Jeez, Bob. I don't think that's what it's all about, though. I don't think that I don't enjoy this. I love this. I love coming here every single day and talking about it. I love college football. But it doesn't mean that I can't still point out that I think the NFL is not as entertaining as it used to be. And last night's game, for as wild as it was, for as up and down as it was, for as many big plays as there were and turnovers as there were, it was less entertaining than an NFL game would have been 10 years ago, I think. Everything about the game last night bred an entertaining NFL game. I mean, think about two years ago how boring the NFL was. 30-27 to 27 on Monday Night Football would have been awesome. But every other play, there was a yellow flag on the field. It just ruins all the momentum from great plays is when you stop it by the refs having to make a call. It's just, it stunk. 
and people always say the same things in these conversations. After a play, you got to wait around and see if there's a flag on the field. You can't really cheer, but you really can't. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is taking the ball to the house, right, in a punt return, and Tessator's going nuts. I mean, he is blowing it all over that booth, man. He is jammed. And there's a flag on the field, and he doesn't know. And because he doesn't know, I don't know. And they put a the little graphic in the bottom of the screen, and I don't know until he's already crossed the goal line. So you're like, oh, man, dejection, Steelers fans setting in, Tampa Bay going crazy in ways that they haven't before since Steven Stamkos making plays for the Lightning in the playoffs, and it doesn't count. And it got me to thinking, Brian was in the studio with me at the time, why do we even call that? Why do we call it if it doesn't affect the play? Because on that play, you had a Steeler, holding a player that wasn't going to get involved in the play, it didn't seem like. Because it was outkicked the coverage. He wasn't going to be in a position to make the tackle. Why even call that? And I think that is really a crux of the problem at the National Football League level. Aaron Rodgers got hurt because a guy landed on him. Just because you start calling the penalty of guys landing on a quarterback doesn't mean that it's going to make it any less frequent to happen, I don't think. Uh, and I think we might start seeing other players get hurt, like the one we did in Miami, who's out for the season. I think the NFL needs to call penalties if it affects the play. I think that NFL needs to call penalties if there's an egregious attempt to hurt a quarterback. But whenever it doesn't affect the play and the quarterback's fine, gets back up, and the player's not trying to hurt him, I think you just let him play on for the flow of the game and for the betterment of the program, for the betterment of the TV audience, I'm sick of watching a game and it taking four hours long because there's flags on the field. With the holding calls that happen away from the play, they should treat those like they kind of do the uncatchable balls with pass interferences. You know, you throw the flag because you see the hold, you see the pass interference, then you huddle up and the refs get together and they say, you know what, that hold happened about 15 yards away from the play. He really didn't have a shot to make a play anyway. Let's pick this flag up. Just like, you know what, he pass interfered with him. That's textbook pass interference, but that ball was five rows back. There's no way he's catching it anyway. No penalty. I mean, is he Flash? Is he Speed Racer? Is he Troy Apke who can run, run? I mean, for real, if it's 15 yards away from the play, is he going to make that play? No, he's not, so don't call the flag. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. I know Bob Labriola talks about that all the time. I couldn't agree more with Bob about that, with Labs, about that. If there's a defensive holding on one side of the play and the quarterback's eyes are on the other side of the field the whole time and he lets go of the football, it doesn't affect the play whatsoever. Now, if the quarterback's scanning the field, going through his progressions, finally makes his head around to the guy who's being held and he's not open, yeah, okay, then you can call the penalty. But as a referee, you should have in your mind the ability to know whether or not you can throw a flag later on. You don't have to throw the flag the second the penalty happens. If it's not affecting the play, you can not throw the flag, and if you deem it to have affected the play, then you do throw the flag. How many times that hard. How many times do you think in an NFL game Fixing football. a ref throws a flag because, you know, live action, things are happening so fast, you think you see a penalty, then you kind of stop and you collect your thoughts and you think, you know what, that might not have been a penalty. How many times do you think that happens and they still follow through with the penalty instead of just picking up the flag because they don't want to look like they're wrong? I forget what game it was over the weekend, but a referee told a player on the field, and the player confirmed this afterwards, that 
I didn't throw it because I saw it. I threw it because I thought that I saw it the way the league would have wanted me to throw it. That, and that honestly is not even the ref's fault. It just tells me that the refs are so damn confused with what the league wants that they don't even know what to do. Their mind's in a pretzel. My mind's in a pretzel. I'm watching NFL Network right now, and they just keep showing the plays on loop. Play after play after play. it falls on a guy. McCoy falls on a guy. And some of the penalties are legit. Like when Ben Roethlisberger gets clubbed in the head with the club of Jason Pierre-Paul, with the stub of Jason Pierre-Paul, that's a penalty. That's always been a penalty. When Clay Matthews lands half his body weight onto Alex Smith, that to me, it just should never be called that way. There, there, I don't. I honestly don't know what you can do as a defender. I really don't. And I know that that's the cliche conversation, but I say it because it's the truth. Transparency, number one virtue of the Crowley Show. I will never give you an opinion that I don't have. I just don't understand how a defensive player... when he's bearing down on the quarterback, can determine what he's going to do or not. I mean, that's why Drew Brees scored the other day. And it made it even funnier when John Bostic just clubs a guy in the head with his helmet. Like, what are you doing, man? That one was legit, too. That's legit. That's always been legit. When a quarterback's sliding, that's a penalty if you hit him. When a quarterback's sliding and you hit him in the head, even if he's not sliding hit him in the head, that's a penalty. He did that he, both of those things twofold. So some in last night's game were legitimate. And that's what I want to talk about next. The Steelers committed a lot of penalties that should have been called. And it's the most undisciplined team I've ever seen Mike Tomlin have. How do they fix it? I'll tell you next. Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Axon. 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 Oh, no. Oh, it's on the nipple. Axon. 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 He went from the bottom. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. We'll get to the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined coming up in just a few minutes. We'll also get to the Steelers' lack of discipline that it is the worst it's been under Mike Tomlin. And it's really not close. We'll do that in a few minutes as well. But first, I just got to say, F the national perspective on the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell. Last night's Monday Night Football broadcast was so brutal. It's as if these guys in the national media don't see Le'Veon Bell going jet skiing, don't see Le'Veon Bell water skiing, don't see Le'Veon Bell promoting his rap album and getting fat and turning down an opportunity to get $14.5 million in guaranteed cash. We had a guy call up last segment and say, Crowley, you're lucky to do what you do, man. Don't take it for granted. Well, that's exactly what Le'Veon Bell's doing. And the national media also has made it out to seem as if the Steelers did not offer him fair market value. and In fact, they offered him more. $70 $70 million, $30 million guaranteed. It's a lot of cash. It's a lot of change. It's a lot of green. Steelers didn't do anything wrong. Le'Veon Bell seems selfish to me. And yet, the national perspective, the perspective on the broadcast last night was that, yeah, 
Steelers, what'd you do here? You kind of F this up. It's horse crap. Couple other observations from the Monday Night Football booth slash not booth. Why the hell's Booger McFarlane in a high chair? It's a robotic high chair that moves along the sideline, and it's not all that high tech apart from the moving high chair part because the back, it's cardboard. It looks hilarious, and every time it moved, it looked like Booger McFarlane was trying to pass a kidney stone. I know this is coming, and I can't wait for it. That thing is going to malfunction one of these Monday nights, and we're just going to have like Booger going like back and forth to the left, and like it's going up and down. He's like, guys, I, I, can't, I can't get control of my chair right now, and he just keeps going up and down the sidelines. And he might actually like run out onto the field during a play at one point if that thing really goes out of control. It's going to be like rush hour at the end where Jackie Chan slides down that giant banner thing because Booger McFarlane's going to get launched in the air, and instead of the giant banner, it's going to be the Sky Camp. Slide down the Sky Camp. Yep. You saw Rush Hour? Yes. You made a movie reference? Gefilte Fish. Wow. I really took a while to get that comparison out, though. And... I really had to go back in time to find a movie to reference as well. Yes, you did. And then you also had to polish up your analogy kind of a little bit. You had to be like, well, Booger would get launched into the air and then slide down the sky cam. That's why it's like rush hour. As opposed to having to climb up whatever it was, some makeshift ladder that they have just in the middle of a casino and then slide down the thing. Who thought we would have been talking about rush hour today? Thanks to all of you who are in rush hour listening to me in traffic. Give us a call, 412-922-2874. That's usually where the calls pick up during the show. Usually around the 544 and 45 seconds, Mario. That's usually when the calls start coming in. Wait. Well, now. Okay, now they usually start. Yeah, because of the delay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It finally got out to the people in rush hour traffic, so now they're going to call. Any second. Any second. I was waiting for it at 412-922-2874. The other thing from the booth last night from the crew, Joe Tessitore is great. He also is a little disingenuous. There was a flag on the field on the Deshaun Jackson run back. There have been a couple of big plays that are called back by penalties. He sees the flag on the field and still goes bat bleep crazy anyhow. That ain't right, man. Don't be doing that. Uh, don't get everyone's hopes up. You should say, oh, he's making a play down the sideline. There's flags on the field. I don't know if this one's going to count. Say that. Don't cream yourself when Deshaun Jackson's going towards the end zone and then fail to mention there's a flag until way late. Also, Jason Witten is terrible at this. I think Booger provides good insight from the high chair. But Jason Witten is not cut out to be a broadcaster, not at least not yet, and it is one of my biggest pet peeves. Well, he played in the NFL. Give the guy a broadcasting job. Not everyone can do it. Tunch can do it. Wolf can do it. There are scores of people on ESPN that can do it. There are a couple who can't. I don't think Jason Witten's ready for this yet. I don't think he has the depth of knowledge, and I don't think that he is good enough at putting the knowledge out there. And I miss the old crew. I do. Can't remember who it was, but I miss him. It was John Gruden. Gruden was great. Gruden was great. He would never criticize anybody because he knew eventually he was going to get back into the league. Everybody was his favorite player. Yeah. I mean, this guy here, man. He's a happy guy like Jackie Chan before he went into all that crazy stuff in Rush Hour. Mm. And Rush Hour, too. And yeah. three. I mean, he was always a smiling dude. There's a three? Oh, yeah. You're telling me there's a Rush Hour there's three? There's a Rush Hour three. Oh, is that where they're in Paris? 
I never saw it. I want to say they're in Paris. I never saw it. You're telling me you didn't see Rush Hour I never 3? Saw it. I never saw any of the Rush Hours. What? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm serious. So when I said Gavilta Fish, you had I no just, idea. I just kind of laughed. Yeah. What? You feel like I usually feel right now. That's amazing. But I pulled it off. I kind of just laughed it off and let the inside joke pass. You're none the wiser. You didn't get to listen to the broadcast on the TV side. because No, you're so I'm learning about all this stuff right oh now. Oh, my God. Witness ass. That is just terrible. That's what the national narrative seems to be, too. And you know what? I don't love Tony Romo, either. I hate the predicting the play thing. Just shut up, man. Let me watch the game. I don't need to know the future. I don't need that. I feel like every color commentator that's worth their weight will would be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? They watch enough film that they could Collinsworth could go out there and probably guess a play or two if he wanted to. He's I mean, a, he I, might be wrong. Romo's wrong every once in a while, too. What? He's wrong. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's people are like, oh, my God, Romo, the ex-quarterback, still calling out plays. It's, any color commentator that does their homework and watches the teams that they're going to broadcast film for the whole, entire week leading up to the game can probably pick out some plays based on formations. Hey, Romo, why didn't you know that Shea Townsend was going to be in front of Jason Witten back in 2008? Yeah, why are you so good at reading defenses now in the booth? Where was that back in Dallas? I just don't think that because you were a great player, it means that you're going to be good at TV. And I think Romo is pretty good. He's better talker than Jason Witten. Oh, my God, way better. Far. Jason Witten did what I did whenever I did color commentary back in college for hockey. And the puck into the offensive zone. Goalie out in the trapezoid. He'll cover it. Uh, good job by the goalie to get out there quickly. <laughs> you you, you want to cover those pucks. Yeah. You, uh, you see how he didn't do it with the blocker and said he did it with the glove? It's, it's good. Yeah. Now they're going to have a face-off. I mean, that's what I did, right? I went to broadcasting school, albeit at West Virginia University. He did not, right? And I think that just because you were a great athlete doesn't mean you should automatically be given a job of that high pedigree. There's so many people at ESPN that have been paying their dues for a while. Give them an opportunity to do it before you're going to let Jason Winnett do it. Let Lewis Riddick get a crack. He's exceptional, even though he went to Pitt. Let him get a crack before Jason Witten does it. I mean, he's really darn good. He's charismatic. Let Mike Golick do it, I know. I know. He'd be much better at it, I think, than Jason Witten. And just because Roma was good at it, just because other players have come in immediately and been good at it, doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be qualified. Just like, I don't think you're automatically qualified to be a great general manager or an owner of a club if you played the game. Like Derek Jeter running the entire Marlins organization because he was a good shortstop? Really? You think that's going to go well? You think he's a great business guy? LeBron, it'll work. LeBron's a good business guy. Jeter, no. This has been a segment where I rant against people who are unqualified for their jobs getting their job. The Steelers' lack of discipline is the worst it's been under Tomlin. He always gets criticized, and overly so, I think, for the discipline problem. That's another penalty for the Steelers. When if you watch every other team in the league getting penalized as much as Pittsburgh had, not this year, this year it's far and away. I'll get to that in a second. But you go back to last year, you go back to the year before, early in the season, Steelers commit a lot of penalties and it all evens out. They haven't been a bottom 10 penalty team in a long time. But the perspective is, oh, yeah, they commit penalties all the time. Well, it's because every time a team commits a penalty, if you're a fan, you're perturbed. Anytime your team commits a penalty, you are upset, you are pissed, you're throwing things at your TV, you're drinking away your pain, and it's really not about football. It's about all the other things you got going on in your life 
But that's going to be the moment. That's going to be the conduit for how you can put that alcohol down your gullet and feel good about it, right? So you're upset, and it feels like it happens all the time. Oh, my God, another holding call. But it really doesn't. If you look across the scope of the National Football League, every team's fans feel that way. Every team's fans think, oh, my team's undisciplined. Well, the Steelers this year really are. 38 penalties through three games, the most in the first three games of a season for any team since 1950. So that's bad. They've had at least 12 penalties a game in each of the first three games. In this game, it's 115, or pardon me, 155 freaking yards. And it's the nature of the penalties that has me wanting to throw myself through a plain glass window. DHB getting into it with an official can't happen. It can't happen. I lost my mind in the DVE studio last night when he did that. The ball lands at the one. You've got Tampa Bay trying to make a comeback here. You're going to have them have to drive 99 flipping yards down the field to score a touchdown. And Darius Hayward Bay's like, nah, you know what? Punt it again. He loses his mind. Can't happen. That dude is on the team because he's supposed to be a leader. How about you lead instead of giving up 15 freaking yards like an idiot? John Bostic hits a sliding Fitzpatrick. That's a penalty last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before and so on. Stupid. Sean Davis pushed Mike Evans when he was clearly five feet out of bounds. Dumb. The Steelers had a 12-man in the defensive huddle called against them. Again. They've had trouble running guys on and off the field. Is it going to get better? Well, Vince Williams, and this is what really pisses me off and really does make me blame Tom. He says he's going to keep hitting the quarterback as hard as he can, and the chips will fall where they may. Smart. Not dumb at all, Vince Cam Hayward and Daniel McCullers were both called for personal fouls on extra points and field goals. Cam Hayward's a leader on this team. Daniel McCullers has been around and on scholarship for five flipping years. He's a veteran in this league. They've got to know better. And what's that old adage? It's the immovable object versus the unbreakable force or something like that. Is that what it is, Tom? I don't know. Whatever. Spot on. I nailed it. Really? Yeah, that, that's hot science teacher really taught you a thing or two back in the day. Oh, uh, Mrs. Kennedy. I think it was Miss Kennedy at the time. I think she's now Mrs. Something Else. But at the time, you had a chance. No, I didn't go to Plum. But like I said, the immovable object versus the unbreakable force. 15 penalties for 155 versus four turnovers. Who wants to lose more, baby? And I guess it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The first play of the game. Really set the tone, didn't it? Jordan Dangerfield hold. Let's get a good return here. Good start. We went three and out in the first possession last week. And then on the second one. And then on the third one. Let's not do that this week. Let's find a way to be better. And penalty. I think Mike Tomlin needs to sit guys down when they do this. I think a guy like Darius Hayward Bake should honestly, there should be a discussion whether or not he's cut because of that. They don't lose the game. If they do, maybe you do have that discussion. But you got to sit these guys down, and I've been thinking, maybe a Ryan Switzer, you take his head, and you put it down the toilet, do a little swirly, maybe you do a little waterboarding in front of the team so that they know you mean business, 
But for real, dudes need to be excoriated in the film room. Refs need to be at practice. You want to talk about discipline, effort, and coaching? Apart from the penalties, how about Godwin, that play where he was touched down, but everyone gave up on the play? I've been a big Mike Tomlin defender. I still think he's a good coach in this league. But it's really hard to defend him the way that they've played. It's really hard to defend him with the mistakes that they've made. Coming up next, it is the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. And James Conner versus Le'Veon Bell, plus a couple of your phone calls at 412-922-2874. It's Crowley Show.